RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Jim DeVico. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 362 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse, recorded live on Tuesday, April 10th, 2018, and available for download or streaming on Friday, April 13th, at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. And I'm Kenna. All right, Kenna, we've got a lot to cover this week. Why don't you tell us what we've got coming up? Well, this week we're trekking out where you might be booking your next vacation in In space. space. Discovery continues to receive recognition. The role of Christopher Pike has been cast in Star Trek Discovery. And there's another update on the next Star Trek film in the Kelvin timeline and more. In Star Trek Online, new cast members have been announced who will reprise their roles in the game's fourth expansion. And in Star Trek Timelines, there's a new fleet event and the developers conduct a Q&A via Facebook. Later, Jace joins us for a literary review of the Star Trek Discovery 2018 annual comic. And of course, as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Now, Captains, you know that those hailing frequencies are always open and you know that we'd love to hear from you. So please reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Priority One Pod, or just shoot us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Thanks again to all of our Patreon supporters, old and new, who make this show possible from week to week. Because of your support, the servers stay on, the power keeps flowing, and the team keeps producing. Help us improve the show by considering a financial contribution via our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash priority one. And a big shout out to two new patrons this week, Nicholas Rall and Doug Robeson. Thank you so much for your financial contribution to the production of this show. Now, Captains, of course, we understand that a financial contribution may not be possible, but there are other ways that you can support Priority One. For instance, when we publish the shows on Facebook, Twitter, or on our website, be sure to share those links. Tell your fellow Trekkies that they can get their weekly roundup of Star Trek news right here at Priority One Podcast. And there's also another way that you can help support Priority One. We are still on the lookout for another voice to join the show. So if you're into Star Trek gaming of all sorts, then you might just be who we're looking for. Send us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com for more information. Now, let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's check it out. Space, as they say, is the final frontier. But if Silicon Valley's startup Orion Span gets its way, it could also be the next vacation hotspot. 
Orion Span, whose mission is to, quote, build and sustain human communities in space accessible to all, end quote, plans to start production of the world's first space hotel, dubbed Aurora Station, as soon as 2019. The low-orbit resort, which claims to offer a real astronaut experience, will rest about 200 miles above Earth and accommodate up to four tourists and two crew members at a time. In regards to the astronaut experience, Orion Span CEO Frank Bunger says, quote, That experience entails growing food in space, running science experiments, doing astronaut certification. At the end of the trip, we're going to give them a hero's welcome back home as well, end quote. Now, if you're interested, you can reserve a room right now with a down payment of just 80,000 US dollars. The total price of the 12 day experience, nine and a half million US dollars per person. For more information on Aurora Station, check out the show notes. Wow, 80, down payment of $80,000, right. good Lord. Yeah, so much for making it affordable. I, I know the, my favorite part of this story is that the mission is to uh, build communities in space accessible to all asterisk if you can afford nine and a half million dollars per, per person. Well, speaking of space, the 2019 Star Trek Ships of the Line calendar preview has been released. And while we generally reserve coverage of product releases for our various guest commentators, this one is worth a dip in the hashtag Trek sauce. Why? Because the 2019 offering features a beautiful rendition of the USS Discovery and the reimagined USS Enterprise. The image provided by John Eaves and Scott Schneider is our first clean, static image of the Enterprise, giving many Trekkies what they've been clamoring for since its debut in Star Trek Discovery's season one finale. More Enterprise! For a link to the image, check it out in the show notes. I gotta say, it looks good. It is not offensive to me. Uh, it's fine. I'll get used to it. At the end of the bit, you know what? It doesn't really matter. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm being blasphemous, actually. But, you know, um, uh, you know, if somebody asks me, you know, I will probably offer some quippy commentary on the fact that I think that, you know, for the original Enterprise, the nacelles are just a bit too fat. I like them straighter and longer, but that's just me. Whatever. At the end of the day, it's part of it's it's part of the universe, and we'll get used to it, and it will be fine. It, this the the character of the Enterprise has been recast, same as uh, some other uh, characters that we'll get onto a little bit later and check it out. But you know, I'm I'm cool with it. I'm really pleased that they've they've got a nice clean shot of it because before all we had was kind of the uh, the 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 grainy image right at the end of uh, of Discovery. So. While we're talking about Star Trek Discovery, they have been honored again with a Peabody Award nomination. From Wikipedia, quote, The George Foster Peabody Awards program, named for American businessman and philanthropist George Peabody, honor the most powerful, enlightening, and invigorating stories in television, radio, and online media, end quote. Discovery is one of 60 Peabody Award nominees overall, and one of 17 in the category of entertainment. This is Star Trek's second nomination, its first being Star Trek The Next Generation's 12th episode, The Big Goodbye. That episode won the Peabody and became the first hour-long drama to bring home that honor. For a full list of nominees, check out the show notes. So, Star Trek Kelvin 4. This week, it turns out Simon Pegg and Doug Young have not penned a Star Trek 4 script, 
according to Pegg himself. In an interview with the podcast Happy, Sad, Confused, Pegg states, quote, Doug Young and I were never going to write the fourth Star Trek. That was never the deal. Doug and I are doing something together at Bad Robot, which I probably can't talk about yet. So J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, who wrote the abortive third Star Trek script with the previous director, Roberto Orsi, they were writing a fourth one. That, as far as I knew, was the Chris Hemsworth thing. That is as much as I know. End quote. For a link to the interview, check out our show notes. And for more information on all things Star Trek, be sure to stay tuned right here to Priority One Podcast. I'll tell you what I am surprised by. Actually, there's two things in this news that I'm surprised by. Number one is that uh, they're going back to work with J.J. Abrams again. And number two is that um, the guys that wrote the third Star Trek script that got binned are writing another one. I would have thought that would kind of be the end of it. I I cannot lie. I'm starting to get a little bored with these back and forth. He said, she said, Tarantino, no Tarantino. Simon's writing it. Simon's not writing it. JJ's involved. He's not involved. I'm getting bored of it. And every week there seems to be a new rumor or a debunking of a rumor. Um, And it's kind of taking the fun out of it for me. I just wish that something would actually be announced. Now, we all know that Star Trek has inspired people all over the world, from astronauts to engineers to doctors to podcasters to U.S. Marine commandants. At the Atlantic Council think tank in Washington, U.S. Marine Corps Commandant General Robert Neller praised Star Trek The Next Generation, saying of the series, quote, I've always enjoyed watching it. It's a leadership show because you always find that the crew and the captain are put in some sort of moral, ethical, operational dilemma, which I find interesting, end quote. In response to the comments, Sir Patrick Stewart replied, quote, Just now watching an interview with Marine Corps Commandant General Robert B. Neller and hearing him praise TNG. A very satisfied smile lit up this captain's face. He said that for him, TNG was about leadership above anything. I took that very personally, as if anyone knows about leadership, it has to be him, end quote. The article, found on taskandpurpose.com, outlines some military lessons in specific next-gen episodes as well as video of the Commandant's address. A link, as always, will be in our show notes. There are many Discovery fans that have said, with great fervor, that Commander Saru has earned the center seat of the USS Discovery. He deserves to be captain. Doug Jones, the actor behind the first Kelpian in Starfleet, on the other hand, disagrees. During an interview with Screen Rant, Jones says, quote, He's the first of his kind to ever even come close to this, so he's got a lot to prove, and he's got a lot to say. But me, personally, as Doug Jones, the fan of Star Trek, I think the dynamic of that character works very well as a first officer, a second fiddle to a captain. And that's me, personally, end quote. Jones continues, quote, I think Saru will have the captain's chair one day, Early on, we're only about to start filming season two. There's still a lot of room ahead of us. So I think for now, he still has more to learn in the leadership department and the courage department under a captain who's been there and done that a lot. A seasoned captain. End quote. For a link to the Screen Rant article, check out the show notes. Speaking of captains, in the biggest news of the week, Anson Mount has been cast as the legendary Captain Christopher Pike in Star Trek Discovery. Portrayed originally by Jeffrey Hunter in Star Trek's first pilot, The Cage, Pike was later played by Sean Kenny as the disabled hero in The Menagerie, and then by Bruce Greenwood in the first two Kelvin Timeline Star Trek films. 
After the announcement of his casting, the 45-year-old American actor and star of Marvel's Inhumans, Hell on Wheels, Conviction, and Nonstop, tweeted, quote, Cat's out of the bag. Yep, I have officially joined Starfleet, a dream I've had since around the age of eight, when I first discovered TOS syndicated on my local access channel in Middle Tennessee, and couldn't be more excited to be playing Pike, end quote. So I have no idea who this guy is. Well, I will tell you who this guy is. He is the love interest from Crossroads, (laughs) which is my favorite thing to point out. That was the awesome, awesome Britney Spears vehicle from the mid-90s, which also coincidentally stars Zoe Saldana. So a little Star Trek connection there. But then, yeah, he's been in a whole bunch of other stuff. I can't believe how old he is, actually, because I still think of him as being like sort of an older teenager. (laughs) He's not old enough to play Christopher Pike. <laughs> Interestingly enough, when you put a side-by-side picture of Jeffrey Hunter with uh, this new actor, Anson Mount, they look surprisingly similar. They do. Um, yeah. And I wonder if that's why they cast this guy, because he looks so he looks so similar to Jeffrey Hunter. Mm-hmm. I was still disappointed that they couldn't get Bruce Greenwood. He's Christopher Pike in the Kelvin timeline, which is, in theory, the same timeline only splintered by the Narada. So, uh, you know, it's it my my immersion is broken. I think it would have been broken if they'd got Bruce Greenwood, and you know why? What? Because it's why yeah. Because I'll tell you what, because there was a bit of criticism anyway that he was a little on the older side for a Captain Pike in two thousand and nine. Remember when Star Trek came out? That was ten years ago, and. Discovery is gonna is supposed to be happening ten years before the events of two thousand nine. So he's literally twenty years older than he should be for this role. It, it just it 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 wouldn't work. Captain Pike at the time of Star Trek Discovery is meant to be in his sort of mid to late thirties. It's sort of he's around the age that Kirk ended up being uh, when he took command of the Enterprise. So it. it you say that, and I totally get it, except it wouldn't be Bruce Greenwood from 2009. It would be Bruce Greenwood from 2018, and it just, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be what you think it is, Elijah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bruce Greenwood. I know you're listening. That's not a personal, that, that's not a personal attack. Well, that's a great point to ask a community question for this week. What do you think of the casting of Anson Mount as Captain Christopher Pike? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO362 or by replying to the community question post on Facebook or Twitter later this week. Well, that's it for this week's Star Trek news. Now let's find out what happened this week in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. This week, it was announced that fan favorite Aaron Eisenberg will reprise his role as Ferengi Starfleet Captain Nog in Star Trek Online's fourth expansion, Victory is Life. Eisenberg joins the impressive voice talent of Nana Visitor, Rene Aubergenois, Alexander Siddig, Armin Shimmerman, J.G. Hertzler, Andrew Robinson, and Jeffrey Combs for the upcoming Deep Space Nine-themed expansion, due to release this summer. But Aaron Eisenberg isn't the only addition to Star Trek Online's remarkable list of talent this week. The final four actors added to Victory is Life have been announced, and they include Max Gredenchik, who was Grand Nagus Nog, Salome Jens, the female changeling, Bumper Robinson, who played the young Jem Hadar, who was found on Deep Space Nine as a baby in the episode The Abandoned, 
and of course the return of Chase Masterson as Lita. For a look at the renditions of these pivotal Deep Space Nine characters, we'll leave some links in the show notes at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO362. If, like me, you are interested in Star Trek Online, Star Trek Cruises, and gaming products, then Star Trek Online has the sweepstakes for you. To help celebrate the upcoming launch of Victory is Life on PC, Star Trek Online has partnered with Star Trek The Cruise to give away a six-day cruise to the Caribbean, alongside Star Trek's most popular stars, including Rene Auberginois, Nana Visitor, and Chase Masterson from Victory is Life, plus other cast members from Discovery, The Next Generation, and Voyager. Captains will also be entered to win a prize pack from Steel Series, featuring a pretty snazzy mouse, keyboard, and wireless headset. You'll also be entered to win a few starships from Star Trek Online. And when I say a few starships, I do mean every single one in the Sea Store. Check out the show notes for a full list of prizes and the rules for obtaining them. Now, if you're planning to cozy up to a nice game of Star Trek Online this weekend, you'll also want to know about the weekend's events. Now through Sunday, April 15th, head to the Donatu sector of the Ada Eridani sector block and experience the horror of unconventional research gone awry with Star Trek Online's Hearts and Minds mini-mission and get a special reward. This special mission is only available for the Friday the 13th weekend, so get in there quick or you'll have to wait until it comes around again. The featured episode, The Renegade's Regret, is now in its second week, and this week you have your choice of either the Watch Your Back or Redirected Armor Plating Personal Traits, which grant you a temporary boost to all damage resistance rating when struck from the sides or from behind. Of course, this is in addition to your choice of an enhanced universal tech upgrade or specialization point, which you can get each week while the episode is featured. There's a Dilithium weekend on now through Monday, April 16th. Players can get a 100% bonus of ore and rich Dilithium claims either on Vlugta Asteroid Field or in the Dilithium Fleet Mine, and it's a 50% bonus elsewhere in the game. But remember, Dilithium rewards from completing event reputation projects no longer receive a bonus, and the Endeavor system is excluded from the bonus as well. A few sales are happening this weekend that you might also want to take advantage of. These sales end on Monday, April 16th, so act fast if you've been eyeing up some new ships or zen. Now, we haven't had much console news lately, but that doesn't mean console isn't getting any love. Between now and Monday, April 16th, players on Xbox One and PlayStation 4 can get a 50% bonus marks reward by playing the Alachi Red Alert. Team up with other players and defend the joint fleet, close the Iconian Gate, and halt the oncoming Alachi Invasion Force. And finally, for Star Trek Online, in Priority One Armada news, the Priority One Armada will be phase-shifted into the Mirror Universe for the month of April. While there, we will have to conduct ourselves like the natives of this alternate universe. We will therefore be changing the name of the Armada to Priority One Empire. Imperial Intelligence has learned Admiral Lita and a sizable portion of the Terran fleet has decided to challenge our entry into their realm. Emperor Winters and his loyal lords of the Admiralty will lead our forces to victory over Admiral Lita and the Terran Empire. To ensure our victory, your leaders have planned some special events and giveaways. As loyal officers of the Empire, we know you will tune in to the weekly Twitch stream every Saturday to hear from your leaders as we discuss the latest news of the war effort. 
All of this accumulates on April 28th for a special Twitch stream where all three platforms will battle Lido once and for all and conquer the mirror universe. Long live the Priority One Empire. From Star Trek Online now to Star Trek Timelines. Star Trek Timelines has launched its sixth mega event, All We Become. The event focuses on the Vulcans and Romulans and explores what happens when the father of Vulcan logic, Surak, returns via the Temporal Anomaly Crisis. Collect new characters including Warship Tuvok, Vulcan Wedding to Paul, and Lieutenant Valeris, as well as the game's first Vulcan ship, the Surak. This event is currently running its Galaxy event Breakthrough, with its faction event Fire with Fire starting April 19th. Collect the most logical characters in the Temporal Anomaly Crisis. Live long and prosper. Star Trek Timelines is available on iOS, Android, Steam, and Facebook, and the All We Become Mega event is free to all players now. And just before we move on, I want to remind our listeners that Priority One has a Discord channel if you'd like to come and chat about whatever games you're playing. Head on over to our show notes at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO362 for the link. Well, that's it for this week's Star Trek Online and gaming news. Now let's check in with Jace for another Treklit 101. Hello, Captains. This is Jace with the latest edition of Treklit 101. This month, we're flipping through the pages of the 2018 Star Trek Discovery Annual a supersized comic from IDW with an all-star cast, both on the creative team and in the story itself. First, let's take a look behind the scenes. This story was written by the team of Kirsten Beyer and Mike Johnson, last seen working together on the Light of Kales miniseries about Takuvma. Mike is a well-known and beloved figure in this segment by now, having worked on IDW Trek comics since the seminal Countdown which of course also had a huge impact on Star Trek Online. Kirsten most will know from the Voyager relaunch novels and the Discovery Writers Room, but she also works closely with tie-in media such as the novels and comics like this. Whenever she's involved in disco projects, we can bet that we are getting the next best thing to canon. Though, as always, I must caveat that the Discovery tie-ins are not canon, despite the higher level of coordination there is with CBS, And also, as always, I must decry the missed opportunity for a true expanded universe like Star Wars has done with their relaunch. (sighs) Though admittedly, the retcon of the old Star Wars stuff into Legends is not without its own controversy. Angel Hernandez did the art and primary cover for the annual. For those unfamiliar, he's also done a fair bit of work for DC Comics. And closer to home, he drew Star Trek slash Green Lantern Spectrum War and Star Trek Manifest Destiny. Fantastic stuff in my ever-so-humble opinion, and one of a handful of artists who I've seen really manage to nail both the characters and the ships equally in Trek comics. It's not easy. On to the story. Discovery Annual 2018 follows Paul Stamets from just before his first encounter with the mycelia of species Prototaxites Stelaviatori all the way up through joining the crew of the Discovery. Along the Star Road, we see more of his friend and colleague, Justin Strahl, the beginnings of his initially adversarial relationship with one Hugh Culber, how he handles fan mail from over-eager cadets, and how he managed to get involved with Starfleet anyway, given how he seems to feel about it sometimes. 
While in a way we know how it's going to wind up, since it's all prelude to the events we see in the series, it's a fun ride and a glimpse into the world of the initially grumpy, but later shroom-cheered, before being tragically bereft, astromycologist we all know and love. This is a great double-sized story about one of the core characters of the new show, and I would recommend it to any fan of Discovery, Stamets, Good Comics, Star Trek. Just go read it already. Sheesh. That's all for this month's Treklet 101. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Episode 361's first community question was, Who would you like to see direct an episode or film of Star Trek? From Patreon, David S., Joss Whedon, Patty Jenkins, or basically anyone that is not Michael Bay or Zack Snyder. What happened to those two? <laughs> I, I kind of dig the idea of Joss Whedon. I don't. He has a very unique directorial style that is almost too, like, frolicky. Yeah. And I don't think it would it would, it would would be suited best for Star Trek. You're not into frolicking. Uh, maybe Star Wars. <laughs> I'm not. I, no, I do not like to frolic. From Patreon, Shane Hoover says, It's always nice to have Trek veterans behind the camera, so the likes of Robert Duncan McNeil, Roxanne Dawson, or LeVar Burton would be great. I've also been impressed by Euros Lin's episodes of Black Mirror and Daredevil, and he's got a pretty impressive resume of other work. I could see Euros Lin mm. directing for Star Trek. I mean, there, Daredevil is a phenomenal series, and there has not been one episode that I've thought to myself, this is terrible. Um... There has just been amazing storytelling and amazing directing, and um, and the same with Black Mirror. So, mm -hmm. as for the rest, I'm not too convinced about a feature-length film. Jim DeVico via Patreon writes in, To me, who directs isn't as important as who writes. I'd rather see a DC Fontana, Ron Moore, or Michael Piller script come to life. If I have to stick to directors, then I suppose I'd like to see what directors like Tarantino... Joss Sweden, or Tom Hanks could do with it. I want a director who is a fan first. I'm looking at you, JJ. I agree with the sentiment, although um, I, I do think that the, they go hand in hand, don't they? Because I know we've been talking about the Orville and um, just as, a, as the first example that came to my mind, the first episode of the Orville was fine, except that it was totally clunky and, and, and did not show off, and it was not as good as the rest of it ended up being. That was the fault of the director. It was a decent script that could have been pulled off, but the director couldn't stitch it together properly. Um, so I agree, Jim, that the writing needs to be there, um, but we also need to have a, a good director who's going to stitch it together in a proper way, so... And from PriorityOnePodcast.com, Earl says, I honestly would really like to see a Shatner-directed episode. I know it's kind of hit or miss with Bill, but it has potential to push Discovery back toward the Star Trek we all love. You know what the problem with Shatner directing a Star Trek thing? What's that? Would be. Is I, be I, would, I would imagine that at his older, more seasoned age, he would be unable to keep ego out, out of it. Or wouldn't care. <laughs> it's a possibility. Or wouldn't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or wouldn't care. So, yeah, I just don't... I wouldn't trust Shatner with it at this point. 
Episode 361's second community question was, what did you think of the new featured episode from Star Trek Online's season 14.5? From Patreon, Shane Hoover says, I thought the new featured episode was thought-provoking and appropriately disturbing. I had a bit of a clunky adjustment period to the Zenkethi ground combat style, but Nethpar was so tanky that it didn't much matter. I can only applaud the devs for boldly going somewhere new with the gameplay. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I, I really agree with this, and we didn't actually talk about it very much last week. It was really difficult for me to get used to walking around as a Zen Kathy. Uh, she was slow, heavy. Uh, he's right that um, she was incredibly tanky, so it, it didn't matter. I, like, I am very bad, very bad at ground combat, and I usually die in a featured episode at least once. I'm not, I'm not too proud to admit that. Um, but I actually did it just fine. Um, I, don't, I don't know whether they did that on purpose, made it a little easier because it's an unfamiliar character. But um, I, again, I forgave it because it was such a cool new way to do it. I, I was cool with it. I was very much impressed with how easier it was to f- slide into another character's gameplay. As a, And I mentioned this last week, as opposed to when we've taken over the ambassador and all of a sudden, you know, it looked like there was an explosion in my power tray. Yeah. Um, and I spent then I spend twenty minutes out of that featured episode trying to rearrange everything so that I can be effective in combat. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciated the ability, the, the fact that it was it was a little more simpler. Yeah. Our patron Chris Keen writes in via Facebook. I thought the new featured episode was very gritty and bold. Hearing people beg for their lives as you fired upon them. I like this new gutsy step forward. Uh, I too enjoyed the grittiness of the of the episode. Um, I guess everybody's got to go dark a little bit in their storytelling. You know, nowadays. I I on this show I always roll my eyes when everybody's like, "Oh, it's going to be dark and gritty." Um, but you know, there's there was a point to it. I, I thought that it was a good opportunity to examine from the point of view of. Uh, you know, somebody committing genocide. Um, in that case, dark and gritty is um, kind of warranted. You don't want to make a, a light, fluffy episode about genocide. No, it, it doesn't no, really work. No so do um, I, I thought it was effective in this case. From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Sam Ronan writes in, It was enjoyable, as much as genocide can be. The Tech 2 hot-swap characters confused fleet chat no end when you start typing as the ship's name rather than yourself. Creating a whole side alt that you play as during it was clever tech. I was completely unaware that this was a thing. It, so was I. I don't tend to chat when I'm doing the, uh, the featured episodes, but that's a really <laughs> interesting um, side effect. Well, thank you for bringing that to our attention, Sam. And finally, longtime listener... AJ Biega sent us a photo of his beautiful baby girl who was born on April 1st this year. And the message, quote, Mia just listened to the soothing sounds of P1, my newest member of the crew, end quote. From all of us at Priority One, a huge congratulations to your newest addition, AJ. Welcome to the team, Mia. Well, that wraps up episode 362 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log, Women at Warp, and The Trek Files, visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. But before we go, here's a reminder of our community question for this week. 
What do you think of the casting of Anson Mount as Captain Christopher Pike in Star Trek Discovery? Captains, you know we love hearing from you. So leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com or on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast or Twitter via at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11.30 Eastern on Facebook. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, you can join us in Star Trek Online in the Priority One Armada. If you're interested, just head over to PriorityOneArmada.com and sign up today. And don't forget that every Saturday night, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel, where we review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news. We also highlight some of the amazing members in the Armada. Each week, we team up with you, our listeners and viewers, and earn things like reputation marks and lithium. With regular giveaways, there's something for all Star Trek Online players, new and old. Just follow us on twitch.tv forward slash priority one. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. And don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And our latest endeavor, Heroes Rise, brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio team, led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Ben Churchill, James Skifter, Brandon Parker, and Jake Morgan, with additional support from Midnight Shadow 7 of Hollowsuite Media. And a very special thanks to Jake as well for writing our script and spearheading our social media efforts. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producers Navy Boats Lou and Jim DeVico. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, and our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. Couldn't you just, I don't know, laugh emphatically or something?
<laughs> oh, Kenna, you're so funny. Oh, ho, ho, ho. what a great point. Oh, ho, ho. All right, I'm done. <laughs> that was not helpful. Oh, sorry. <sighs> Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network.